Welcome back to Presence and Purpose, a show all about helping you build an authentic online presence and live out your God-given purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know that seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my brand strategy business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. Now I help Christian coaches and service providers do the same. I'm here to help you attract the right clients and build a thriving online community with tangible tips, behind-the-scenes stories from women just like you, and lessons learned on all things branding, finding your people, sharing your message, and so much more. Well, hi guys. Today I am talking with Adiola Quintero. Adiola is a student therapist, writer, self-care enthusiast, racial healing researcher, and women of color advocate. She is currently undergoing supervision at Regis University in Colorado Springs and is passionate about destigmatizing mental health for minorities and people of color. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. So I always love starting out interviews by asking a fun fact. So what's one thing that most people probably don't know about you? Yeah, um, I could list tons, but probably the one thing most people don't know about me is I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, I'm a middle child, so I grew up with two brothers, no sisters, Um, was totally into comic books and action movies and action heroes and all of that like I didn't have Barbies I played with G.I. Joes and uh Doctor Who's just a secret uh love of mine I just love that show it's so good <laughs> I love that I remember trying to get into that show when I lived overseas it's a is it a British show yeah like yeah so and there's a lot of Brits over I lived in Dubai in high school and I remember like watching it and trying to get into it and I just couldn't I feel like it's one of those things that you either like are like a huge giant fan or you don't really watch it. Like there's no in between. (laughs) Yeah. I actually did um, a study abroad in London in like 2012 and I was like geeking out so hard. People were like, oh my gosh, I'm in the place and all the things. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I I was like that with, um, I'm a huge Beatles fan because I grew up like listening to my dad's music. And so I have like the same music taste as him. And we went to um, the UK and so we got to go to Liverpool and I was the same way, like geeking out over all like the like real stuff in real life where I'm like, awesome. <laughs> but traveling is so fun. Yeah. Well, I would love if you could share a little bit about kind of your journey, you know, getting started um, and and why your mission is so important to you. Yeah, um, so a little, about two weeks ago, I shared my story on uh, Facebook Live, and this was right in the middle of the protests with George Floyd and just so much heartbreak around the country and so much pain and so much going on. Um, And so I thought it would be important to kind of share my perspective. I'm a graduate student currently, and I'm studying marriage and family therapy. And um, 
something that has come to my knowledge or realization as far as what my purpose in life is and what uh, God's really told me to go after and go for is to work on racial healing. And this is something that nobody was really talking about a couple years ago. Like, sure, there's research out there. Sure, there are people that uh, this is their you know, field of study and interest, but it wasn't like a hot topic around the world. It wasn't like, oh, like this is like the major issue that everyone's concerned about. Um, and so when God told me to kind of start looking into it and studying it, I'm like, okay, God, but no one's really talking about it right now. Like I'll listen, I, you know, I'll follow your lead, but I wasn't, I just wasn't seeing it. So I started talking to family. I started doing my own research. I started writing. Um, I started, you know, just processing everything that I was learning because what I learned is like, once I dipped my toe in, once I, you know, found something that was very different than what I had learned, you know, growing up in school about the history of African American people and black people and slavery and all of that, I was like shocked. <laughs> like I told my husband, like I was reading this article just about, uh, they had documents from different slaves that had been transported to um, different areas. They didn't end up in the U.S. They ended up in like Britain or they ended up in France. Um, and they were teaching them English and teaching them about Christianity. And they actually wrote their history down. And so I was just surprised and shocked at just the different stories I was hearing, the different narratives that I had never heard before. Um, and then going into the history of America and learning so much like that could be a sec a separate podcast in itself but I was like oh my gosh there what and this many and I never learned that and I think my brain was just blown for about a week straight I couldn't even like focus um and so the Holy Spirit really put on my heart like this is what I want you to focus on this is the area I know you don't see it now and which I didn't I was just learning on my own um, but then I started reading more. I started praying. I started journaling. I started talking to different people that uh, were experts in this field. I started reaching out. I have a cousin that's in the NAACP and he's a organizing manager there. I reached out to him. Um, for my birthday, we went to Washington, D.C. and I actually went to the African American History Museum. And that was an even more like explosion of knowledge. And I would suggest any, well, once we all open stuff back up, I would suggest going there because it's a life-changing experience. Um, so all of that being said, it, it really led me down this path of uh, not only my own self-discovery, but crafting something that is very much needed today. And so when we all were on lockdown and quarantine was happening and then George Floyd was killed and, you know, everyone's talking about race and equality and uh, Black Lives Matter, and everyone's talking about, well, how do I become an ally, and how do we heal our communities, how do we fix this huge problem? I had been sitting on all this knowledge that I had been gathering and processing for two years, and so I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is like, oh, like a God moment, like, okay, I see what you did there, like, I get it now, like, you were preparing me for this time, right, like, in the words, like, such a time as this, right, and so from there, I was just able to speak on what I knew. You know, I wasn't coming out of just my own opinion or, yes, I shared my personal story because there is um, still power in sharing your own story. But I also had all this wealth of information that I'm like, wow, other people don't know this stuff. Like I know it, but they don't know. And so I feel like that's the position I want to take. Like I want to share 
Um, I'm an educator by nature. I've, I've been in the educational field. Um, I'm also a teacher. I teach preschool and I've taught fourth grade before too. So my heart's always, you know, led towards teaching and just let's all learn together. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now is taking this area of racial healing and mental health and just bringing them together and just walking in that purpose that God's, you know, plan for me and what he's told me to do. So that's, yeah, that's how I got to where I am now. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, that is so cool. Like the timing, God's perfect timing of how it's like, I want you to do this. And you're like, okay, but this doesn't like, seem like a hot topic right now. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, it is definitely a hot topic. Um, and, you know, I think, obviously, I love hearing people's stories. And so I know right now, um, I'm personally doing this and I see a lot of other friends too, just like listening to people sharing their stories and experiences. But then also I know that a lot of people are really wanting someone to be like, I want someone with expertise who studies this and not only can share their personal experience, because of course that's a huge piece of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but someone who has like the, the language around, you know, these, these big topics, because, um, I feel like that's often a huge thing. It's like you want to talk about something, but if you don't have the words to like, you know, there's this thing, but I don't know how to, you know, how to talk about it, what to call it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think that's so amazing how God just like perfectly worked that out with the timing where he yeah. was preparing you for like this moment where, like you said, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see how this lines up now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, there, there's just been so many interesting stories after I shared my story. Um, just one really quickly. I had a lady message me, uh, didn't know who she was, but she's like, Hey, I just wanted to reach out to you. Um, I'm in, I live in, uh, Riverside, California, and I work for the department of Riverside and we work with like youth and things like that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And she's like, well, yeah, I just wanted to share with you that I, you know, took that flyer that you posted um, online and I shared it with my supervisor and he shared it with his supervisor. I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then she's like, and then our head, you know, supervisor brought us all in for a training to sit and listen to your talk and then to have a discussion on race. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. That is insane. Like, that's amazing. Just that my story could be used as a teaching point for others and just as a doorway to like, how do we start this conversation? Because that's the big thing that I was hearing a lot is people were like, I don't know what to say. How do I start? What do I do? And so I really wanted to um, be that example. Like just start by talking about what you know, talking about yourself, right? Talking about your own personal experiences and what you have learned and how you're still trying to grow in different areas, right? You don't have to be perfect. And that was another thing we were running into. People were like, I don't have the words. If I say something wrong, like, I don't want the, the angry mob to come after me. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, you know, take a breath. Like, it's okay, right? Nobody has the exact perfect, you know, wording. Even if I worded something, someone's going to come along and tell me like, well, you should have said this or you could have phrased this better, right? Um, so if you come into these experiences as a learner and as a person who's on a journey, right? And phrasing it that way helps you kind of like, okay, I'm on a journey. I'm learning. That means I haven't arrived, right? And I, I don't know it all yet. And that's okay. 
Um, and that's really hard for a lot of people to grasp, especially when we just want to like fix it, put a bandaid on it and move on. <laughs> but it's so important to always, you know, be learning and checking your heart and checking in with yourself because there's so much we don't know. And that can be scary, but it's, it's okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, what's that been like for you in terms of like, like, I would love to hear if there was a specific time where you started, um, how do I say this? Like realizing the significance of sharing your story and what that's been like to put yourself out there because it is, it does feel very vulnerable. And that is so cool that you have someone message you and be like, you know, I share We did like a whole training and <laughs> discussion on this because of your story. That's such a, such a perfect example of the power of your story. Um, so I'm naturally an introvert for those that know me and that are close to me. And I'm an Enneagram one. If anyone knows what that is, that's basically someone who's kind of like the type A personality. They like things like organized. They, they like to, they're very justice oriented. Um, they're always seeking the right thing at the right time. Um, and so I wouldn't say by nature, I'm someone that's like, all right, let's just start, you know, sharing this and doing that. Um, I would say I'm very intentional in the things that I do and very cautious around, uh, what I am sharing just because, you know, that represents me as a person as well. Um, and so when I talked to my husband initially and I'm like, you know what, I think I want to just like do a Facebook live and go on. And I'm not like on Facebook a lot, which is like the ironic thing about this is, my husband's a business entrepreneur. And so he's like online all the time, always like, Oh, let me just go live really quick. And I'm like, that's so like scary. Like, <laughs> what are you going to like? I, for me, it was just like, no, like my inner introvert was like, Oh my gosh, you're crazy. Um, but I was like, you know what? Like I've been quarantined at home. <laughs> like, I, I have all this stuff that's swirling in my mind and I just want to share my story. Um, and really just use the platform that I have. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let's just make this cute little graphic because we took some pictures just for my branding for my website um, uh, for mental health and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, let's just use that picture and whatever. And then one person shared the image and then another person. And I'm like, okay. Like, oh, no. <laughs> right? My inner introvert was like, what's happening? This is like, why? <laughs> um, and so I started seeing like, all of these people messaging me and, and resharing it. I'm like, okay, this is all right, all right. But I still wasn't like in the mindset of, oh, it's this big thing that I'm doing. It was just like, I'm just going to go on. People go on live all the time. Like, you know, and I was like, it would be so cool. I told my husband, it'd be so cool if like 10 people watched. I literally said that. I'm like, if 10 people watched, oh my gosh, like I would be over the moon. And so I did the live and I tried to ignore looking at the comments while I was talking. Um, but I did see like some comments coming through and afterwards I'm like, Oh, that was a lot of fun. Like, I see why you do this. I was talking to my husband and he was like, do you know how many people were watching? I'm like, how many? <laughs> He's like, there were like 89 people watching the whole time. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, you're lying. <laughs> and then he's like, no, like fully on and engaged the whole time. Cause he loves tracking numbers and things like that. And I'm like, that's like, it literally blew my mind times 10. Um, and then over the next week, I think it had reached like, uh, 2.5 K views and then people were still sharing it. And I was like, 
this is insane. Like what's happening? I'm not even on Facebook a lot. I didn't know my reach was that large. Right. Um, I did like want to speak from my platform, but I didn't understand. Like it was like that ripple effect, right. Where you drop a rock in the water and you don't know where it's going to go. Right. You don't know how big the ripple is going to be, but, um, it had a big ripple effect. And from that moment, I'm like, wow, there's so much effect in speaking up and in using your voice. And if that's all you do, that's enough. Like that's a lot. Right. Um, and so from there, it, it really taught me about myself. It's like, just because you're an introvert, just because you don't like to go, you know, on lives or you, you're not like, you don't like being on Facebook doesn't mean you can't um, do something that's out of your comfort zone because you don't know that ripple effect it's going to have. You don't know who's going to, it's going to reach, who it's going to touch. Um, and there's just been countless stories coming in about how people have been affected by me sharing my story. And it's been a blessing to me just to hear, um, you know, as healing as it was for me to share my story, other people were touched by it as well. And so, yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, that 89 people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I bet when you like found that out, you were like, I'm glad that I didn't know that in the moment. I would oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> like, thank you for not like telling me or messaging me while I was talking. <laughs> right. Like, don't panic. But yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I I think that's so cool. Like, I know when I um, get those little words of affirmation in terms of, um, you know, a podcast episode or something, just like even a simple post where you're sharing something personally, part of your story, something that you're going through and people appreciate it. It's always just like, oh, okay, that's right. Like, it's just such a great um, you know, affirmation, confirmation, whatever you want to call it in terms yeah. of why it's important to speak up because, um, I feel like this is different for everyone, but I know I personally, cause I'm an introvert too, and I'm an Enneagram type nine. And when I started my business and that process of like putting myself online, this was a little over two years ago now. Um, I really struggled with feeling like my presence matters or my voice mattered. And so there was just this genuine, and I know that's also like a type nine thing. Um, but I just felt this like, I don't know, genuine belief that it was like, well, it doesn't really like matter that much. And so obviously those little messages or comments that people make over time, like it builds and it just, it's kind of like building this confidence muscle in, yep. you know, sharing your voice, sharing your story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it, it is so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, you know, being in business, hearing about marketing, and they always talk about like the power of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it really is like, that's what you remember. Like yeah. someone can teach this amazing lesson and talk about, you know, all this like really great informative stuff. But what you're going to remember is like the stories that are woven in there. And those like, yes. like, you know, when people give examples, that's why it's so helpful because yeah. it puts it into context and then your brain remembers it. Definitely. Yeah. I would agree with that statement. It just, I could give all the points. I could have a 10 point you know, presentation. People are going to be like, eh. like I've, I've gone with my husband to conferences when he's like worked at different conferences and sat in all these business, uh, workshops and I'm like uh, they're like oh my goodness but I remember those stories that they tell I remember those experiences especially when they're tied to emotions right 
they're mm-hmm. just so powerful so mm-hmm. yes totally that's something that I love talking about um you know with doing personal branding is just talking about like the emotions in terms of and like I totally get that it can be swayed the other way like when you think of marketing where it's like it feels like manipulative like I'm going to convince you to buy something you don't need but there's also the powerful um, part of like evoking emotions and thinking about like how do I want to make people feel Um, and just like knowing that um, I think something that is so fascinating is that you know the the way that we make decisions is hugely based on emotions um which is why it can be manipulated but it's also like there's power in that um so yeah I I totally agree with you on that so when I because I listened to your live video um I was one of the people that shared it too and um I know you had touched on in that conversation you shared your story, obviously, and you also talked about, um, I don't remember what her name is, but there's a video that's talking about like the, um, was it the danger in a single narrative? Yeah. Yeah. And so I would love if you could talk a little bit about that and maybe, maybe backtrack and tell like, what was your story around that? And when did you realize like the danger in a single narrative? Yeah. Um, So I shared this a little bit, you know, earlier um, in my talk on Facebook, but it really, that really stuck out to me because uh, when I was in seventh grade, I had the opportunity to go to Nigeria with my mom. Um, So I said earlier, I'm first generation Nigerian American. So I was born in the U.S. in Southern California. Uh, My parents were born in Nigeria and came over to the U.S., um, same story as, you know, any immigrant family, you know, have a better life, better opportunities. Um, and so I had never been to Nigeria. I'd never been out of the country (laughs) at all. And so my mom was like, okay, I'm going to take this trip to go see some family who wants to come with me. (laughs) And I was like, Ooh, I want to go. And my brothers are like, I don't want to go. And that's scary or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. Um, and so in seventh grade, I had the opportunity to go, and we, I took two weeks off of school. I think that's why I was excited. I'm like, you guys don't want to take two <laughs> to <vacation."> whole weeks, <laughs> right? It was like in the middle of the school year. It wasn't like around any holidays. So yeah. I was just stoked at that I got to get out, and it was like a vacation for me. Um, and so I was excited. I was ready to go. And I went out there. It was a beautiful experience just being with my family. I had never seen a different country before. I'm just coming into the airport. It was really humid there. Like it was really hot. Like I thought I experienced heat in California, but I didn't. Africa heat is something else. Um, And just walking in the marketplaces and going to these different amazing establishments that were out there and Um, I went to this radio station my mom used to work at as a young adult, and we went to these different clubs and pool houses and things like that, and it was uh, was just so good, and the food, oh my goodness, if I could just stay there and eat, I would, (laughs) Um, so I had this very enriching experience there, Um, and I came back, and I was just like, yeah, you know, like feeling super African, right, And they would make fun of me out there because I didn't have an African accent and they would just call me princess all the time. Princess holiday. (laughs) I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, But coming back, I just felt so connected and I was so happy. And I came back to class and 
I was just excited. And my friends and some classmates were like, oh, what was it like out there? Um, and before I could even explain how enriching and exciting my experience was, I started to hear different comments like, oh, like, did you guys sleep in huts? And like, how are all the animals out there? And do they even have roads? Do they have electricity? And I slowly started to realize that this beautiful picture and this beautiful experience I had was something that people did not know about. They had a very different reality of Africa. Their version of Africa was this barren land with tribal people still, right? And wild animals just running around and uh, a third world country type of place. And it's very much not. And so I was kind of frustrated in that moment and defending like, no, like it wasn't like that. Like, you know, we have the, we have the same things we have in the US, right? And so I was realizing, man, like people don't know, like I grew up watching The Lion King too. And that was their picture of Africa and of my trip was like, oh, I was out in the wilderness. <laughs> like, and I'm like, no, you guys, like it's different. Um, and so that's another part of sharing my story and sharing cultural history and roots, no matter where you're from, right? You can be from Germany, Switzerland, you can be from Zimbabwe, you can be from Australia. If you don't know that history, other people are going to just think of it however, you know, it's been told to them. So there is that importance in sharing uh, different narratives and perspectives because things change all the time. And we as a people, you know, are so used to generalizing <clears throat> different experiences, places, and people based on what we were told growing up. And sometimes lots of us don't move past that. We don't even want to explore because we think we already know everything there is to know. We want to believe that same thought, that same idea that's been told to us, right? Like Africa is a third world country when there are advancements in technology that haven't even been done in the U.S. out there. And so it's just interesting to me that um, in, at those times, it is important just to not only know where you come from and your own history, but to share that, right? Because not everybody knows what you know. Not everyone's going to travel to Nigeria, right? Um, and so sharing those stories really dispels the, uh, the different myths and the different narratives that have been told over and over again, because those can be problematic. And so hopefully in sharing my story, it encourages you to want to travel to Africa. It's a beautiful country. Um, but yeah, that, that is, you know, my lens on sharing different narrative and a different perspective as far as it comes to sharing your story. Mm -hmm. I love what you said because I I told you this before we hit record but I um lived a little more than half my like growing up childhood years in the Middle East and most recently it was in Dubai yeah. and it really is like it just sounds cliche but like it really is eye opening when you travel mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. see you know the different narratives different perspectives yeah. um and, you know, for me, like my experience, obviously I was in the Middle East and we were in the Middle East when 9-11 happened and I was, you know, younger, obviously, but like, I have such fond memories of being in the Middle East and living there and the culture. And when I hear people speak Arabic, like, you know, I'll be at the playground and someone's speaking Arabic, I'm like, oh, like it just, <laughs> it makes me like feel at home because I was so used to that. And I do really... Um, there's so many things that I miss about that. Um, and 
so my experience of seeing the single narrative was like coming back. Um, I'm in Minnesota now and, you know, I have a daughter now. And so of course I want to be around family, but that process of like reverse culture shock of kind of planting my roots back in the Midwest, very different than, you know, the Middle East. Um, And seeing the single narratives that people have about um, Arabs, about, you know, people who are Muslim or people from the Middle East. Um, And so it's just, you know, that's, that's my experience. And I, I so agree with you that it, it just is really important because not everyone is going to get the chance to travel anywhere out of the country. Like yeah. I, there's so many people in the U S who have never left the U S yeah. um, and you, you don't know what you don't know. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's sharing those, you know, powerful experiences that you have and like kind of helping people live vicariously through, <laughs> through <laughs> you, but, but yeah, just kind of opening their minds and yeah, um, yeah it's, it's so powerful. I think along with that, it helps build empathy as well, mm-hmm. right? When you hear a different perspective, automatically your brain wants to reject it because it's already set a certain way. Um, but when you hear the heart of a different perspective and story, it's, it does something in the inside of you, right? It changes you a little bit and you start to realize, man, we're all way more connected than I thought. This isn't as scary as I thought. Um, you know, these people are, you know, different than I thought they would be. Um, and it challenges our, our beliefs and our, you know, our empathy largens. So I would say that's another benefit of just, you know, hearing different perspectives and stories is like, you can really connect to other people and learn that, oh, we are a lot more similar in ways that I didn't think about. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, because it's the news channels and media are so good at like trying to like make it this big polarized like this is you this is them and like it's it's this is doing the opposite and it's healing that that divide so you're not thinking that these people whoever they are what no matter the issue that are like so different from you because um yeah I mean like I know I remember hearing one time in terms of like how we have this human tendency to like want to put people into a box Mm -hmm. um, because it's like our brains want to, you know, categorize people. Like it's just, we want to like make sense of it. Um, And I think there's good sides to that in terms of like you mentioned the Enneagram, like there's ways that it can help you learn more about people, but there's also ways that it does the opposite and it, it, it's, prevents you from from learning more about people you know I know mental health is obviously a huge thing for you Mm -hmm. um and I would love if you could just talk about um maybe like either why you are so passionate about mental health um and specifically for people of minorities and people of color because I know that's Mm -hmm. a big focus for you yeah um so I you know have a you know, family members that have struggled with their mental health growing up. Um, And being of African descent and being a Christian, there's this stigma around uh, addressing mental health issues, right? Um, Like, oh, let's just pray it away and let's do this and that. Um, So over the years, there have been instances where this family member was struggling with their mental health, right? And 
people were doing what they thought was best um, and it wasn't working, right? And so there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt around that that I saw growing up. Um, and it wasn't until I realized, and this is probably where it started, and I picked up a psychology book and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like this is what I have been seeing that family members struggle with for years. It was like 10 years they were struggling with this uh, mental health issue and nobody knew what it was. Like I didn't know what it was and it was just very um, destructive. And once we found out, you know, what it was, they were able to get help. Um, and of course there was a lot of pushback with that, you know, being African and being a Christian, like those two identities in themselves. Um, I know within the African population, there's a lot of stigma around mental health, like around even going to the doctors, like, are they actually going to help you? Or are they going to just give you all these drugs that are just going to make you sicker? Or, um, you know, they're not, they don't really care for you in that sense. And same thing with mental health. Like they just want to separate you from your family. They want to, you know, take you away. Um, and so once, once I started diving into, uh, just psychology and I majored in psychology in my undergrad. And from there on, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a counselor <laughs> because there's so much, you know, that we don't know. And like you said, you don't know until you know. Right. And so in sharing that with my family and sharing that with that family member who was struggling and they got help and they got what they needed and we saw how much better they were doing. Um, but also it, it takes that community support so it wasn't just that individual by themselves. It was like them and our family and like other outside supports that really helped them to uh, move forward in their life. And so mental health is just, it's important, right? We say self-care all the time. Like that's another hot topic where it is like, ooh, like take time for self-care. And it's like trending now, like let's get our nails done. Let's, you know, but self-care is a lot deeper than, a manicure or going out for a coffee and gossiping with a friend, right? It's about how your internal being is uh, affected by the world, right? So if you're experiencing high levels of anxiety about something or depression around something, or, you know, you notice that like your interactions with your family or friends aren't as great as they used to be, right? And you think that's normal and a part of life, it's probably not, right? There's different things. There's different um, perceptions that we come into with the world, right? And so mental health isn't just about uh, a diagnosis, because uh, I know some people think, oh, mental health is like, they're going to diagnose me with this or depression or anxiety or bipolar. And it's way more than that. It also involves the relationships in your life and the connections that you make with others and the health of them and the health of yourself. And I know for people that are like myself, it's very hard to check in with me. <laughs> I want to help everyone else. I want to do everything, but that takes a toll on you at times and it can be exhausting and draining. And so part of mental health is also knowing where your boundaries are, learning to say no, learning to draw a line when uh, somebody's hurting you, right? And not letting them hurt you over and over again. Um, and I know in the uh, d domestic violence community or individuals that are impacted by domestic violence, that can be a very difficult and scary process, right? Um, if you are married to someone and you're in a DV situation and you don't know how to get out and you are generally scared for your life because this person that you loved and cared for is also the one that has to provide everything for you, 
Um, and so you've probably told yourself a story, a similar story over and over again that got you to stay there. It's like, well, who else am I going to reach out to? Like, they're going to hurt me, right? This is, I have nowhere else to go. No one's going to love me the way they love me, right? Those narratives, that's part of mental health, right? It's checking in with yourself, dispelling those stories you've told yourself, right? To get yourself out of a dangerous situation. Um, and so I'm very passionate about like, not just minority mental health, not just um, people of color, but just those that are in those dangerous situations, right? Like sex trafficking and domestic violence and just all of those areas, um, mental health really covers and tries to reach those people where they're at, help them transform their mindset, but also we provide resources. So we're not just talk therapy, right? I think that's the big thing people think therapy is like, I'm gonna talk and I'm gonna sit there and they're gonna tell me what to do. And it's like, no, 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 it's a little more than that, right? So yeah, there is, there's some talking that's gonna happen, but there's some action, there's some community resources we're gonna connect you to, there's some cultural competence. We're gonna learn with you about your culture and we're gonna bring that into the therapy. Um, I know with different minorities, that's also a fear of going to seek a mental health professional is like, oh, they're going to completely change my culture, culture, and they're going to try mm -hmm. to impose their thing on me. When in reality, that's not the truth. They want to bring all of that together. So you can be the most healthy and productive member of society that you can be right. And so as a mental health um, person, I really strive to want to bring in other people's experiences, their culture, their values and beliefs, and help them to get out of those negative mindsets, help them to have healthier relationships, help them to be safe, help them to connect to communities that are important to them and that will support them through difficult times, like COVID, for example. <laughs> Nobody expected that. And now everyone's like, oh my gosh, like they're going to their um, same practices for getting through difficult situations and they're learning it's not working. Like the alcohol is not working anymore. You know, the drugs, it's not really doing anything. It's just making me worse. Uh, the different habits I had, you know, I need to find something better. And so that's when mental health comes in and helps you um, to really reach a healthier level of living. Mm -hmm. That was a lot. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned self-care too because like I feel like it is kind of like the the I don't know fluffy version of mental health in terms of like there is of course positive things that we can do to take care of ourselves and to take care of our mental health but most of it is like deep ugly work or oh, yeah. the stuff that we really don't want to do like looking at our bank account Ooh. and you know <laughs> like the stuff where it's like oh I don't really want to do that but when you do it like it is it's bettering your future in terms of like um you know taking action to change you know the the daily low-level anxiety or stress that yeah. you feel like like you said, like you just kind of brush it off as like, well, this is normal. Well, it's been your normal, but that doesn't mean it is normal. Um, and I, I know that I never really, I don't know, I'm trying to think back now, but when I jumped into business was when I really opened my eyes, dove into like the mindsets that we have and you know what I think about what I think and and it's just it it is so powerful and it's 
always surprising to like uncover those things. Like, what do I think about this? Well, why do I think this? And it's just, mm -hmm. again, that, that deep, ugly work that kind of uncovers yeah. stuff that's maybe hard to remember or hard to relive. Yeah. Um, but it's so freeing mm -hmm. to do that, especially, you know, alongside of God and, um, you know, helping him, you know, cause it's like, we can do, we can do the work in terms of, um, you know, our own mental health and asking ourselves these hard questions, but like, he's the one that can ultimately heal those like strongholds and stuff yeah. over our life. Yeah. So I'd like to add with that. Um, there is like a deep work in mental health and self-care, but there's also like surface level things as well that are still important to do. Right. Um, like going for a walk and getting that, you know, vitamin D from the sun, you know, deciding to clean up when you're tired, just because you know, you'll feel better after you do it. Um, and then diving a little bit deeper, like you were saying, trusting in God. <laughs> like I, I know that when I'm starting to feel that low level anxiety or, you know, I'm just ugh, not feeling so great. Like I turn to God, I turn to prayer. I get in my word, I put on some worship music and just sit and soak. I don't know if you've heard of like soaking worship music, but it is the best. It's just like worship music where it's like spontaneous and you just sit in it and you let the Holy Spirit talk to you and, you know, you clear your mind of all the things that the enemy keeps trying to tell you are true, but you know, they're not true. And they're just making you feel worse. Um, speaking the scriptures over yourself, right? Um, my favorite scripture is, for God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I've been saying that to myself since I was like a teenager. <laughs> it's like my favorite verse in the world um, because it really it, it addresses your mindset and addresses your internal self and it addresses how you are in the world, right? Um, and so find find something in the scriptures, find you know what God's telling you and cling to that and hold on to that. And when you're having those difficult times, when you're feeling that anxiety, when you don't have anyone to reach out to, you have God, you have the Holy Spirit. So uh, yeah, I also think that's very important to bring out as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I love, um, like you said, listening to that, like soaking music where you just kind of, I'll often sit there like with my journal and I'll like kind of alternate between like listening and then like, journaling and it's just it's the best to just kind of be be with God in that place mm -hmm. awesome well if there's one thing that you want women to take away from this conversation what would it be Ooh, that's hard <laughs> um I would say because I know I'm speaking to like the entrepreneur crowd but it could be other people as well um you're important take care of yourself. Um, and that I'm saying that as my one thing, there's way more to that. But if you just remember, like, you're important, and you have to take care of yourself. Because the people that you're going to influence and impact need someone that's ready, right? Need somebody that's whole and that's, um, that's sound in their mind, right? So take care of yourself, not just for yourself, which is great, but for the people that you come across in your interactions and in your impact, right? Um, so really take care of yourself, learn more, love yourself more, have grace and patience. That's like the biggest thing I've been working on this last year is like give myself more grace. Like you don't have to be perfect. 
And so with all of that, just take care of yourself and keep learning, keep growing. Um, don't ever stop <laughs> learning and growing. But all of that being said, you know, take care of yourself. You're important and you're needed. Yes, absolutely. That's so good. All right. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah, um, I do have a website. It's adiolaq.com. And you can also find me on Instagram if you're into that. And my Instagram is addiq. And it's A-D-D-I-E-Q. <laughs> and I'm also on Facebook if you look up my whole name, um, Adiola Lolliday Quintero. You can find me on Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, and I will, I'll put the links um, for people in the show notes for that too. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.